you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. It is Friday, and it is the 11th of December, and wow, December is almost midway, and it is the blessing month. I just love December, and I am so blessed today to have this special, special guest, Mindy Henderson. But before we introduce Miss Mindy, I want to share a little bit about the why of Unique Leaders. We're all leaders, and we're all unique. And everyone has a story. And what I try to do is help one to capture their story because their successes are in that story. So we go through that story because we want people like yourself to see that it didn't just happen. It is an evolution through life that creates that success. So every person has a unique story and everyone's success is different. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you, Miss Mindy Henderson. Hello. 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 Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is truly my pleasure. And it's a very, you know, special month, the month of December. And I really handpicked people because it is not, you know, Glenn Lundy was with me on that Thanksgiving um, Friday weekend. And I was so pleased that he came on that day because he's, uh, I'm very thankful for Glenn Lundy, uh, rise and grind and very impactful piece to my life. Mm -hmm. December is to me is a giving month and it it is. And it, so I handpicked people that have that essence to their story. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to have our guests know a little bit about you. Um, and the, probably the best way to do that is to go back to the beginning of Mindy Henderson. Fantastic. So um, that was that was a long time ago, um, and you know, I at the moment um, I'm working as a motivational speaker, a writer, a coach, a podcast host. Um, I wear a lot of different hats, but yes, my story started when I was only about 15 months old. I was diagnosed with a neuromuscular condition called spinal muscular atrophy. And that has really sort of been at the center of my story because what I do now is all about teaching people how to navigate their own adversity well. And so, you know, growing up, living life from a wheelchair, I had plenty of opportunity to, you know, learn to navigate my own adversity. Well, a lot of adversity that was completely unrelated to my disability. But, um, you know, when I was diagnosed, my my parents, you know, they they're kind of the heroes of this story because Um, obviously I was an infant. I didn't understand what was happening, but my parents were told not only that I would lose all of my ability to stand and walk, but they were told that I would lose all of my cognitive function. And they were told that I probably would not live to be three. Mm 
So, you know, it was really devastating news for them. And they were in their 20s when they, you know, went through this with me. And so, um, you know, they, they did it well. They asked all the right questions. Was there medicine? Were there treatments? Were there cures? And the answer to all of their questions was no. And so, you know, they went home, processed the information as best they could, but they decided between the two of them that they wanted to know that they had done everything that they possibly could, if that was the way that the story was going to end. And my dad, who had been a pretty serious athlete, he was a um, football player for University of Wisconsin, was scouted by the pros and knew a lot about anatomy and physiology and injuries and rehab and physical therapy. And he started to work with me. And little by little, I started to improve. And I tell that story because, you know, my parents really in that in those moments became my first examples of having hope in what they were being told by the absolute experts in their field was a hopeless situation. And so, you know, they set the example and really set the tone for um, a lot of how I was going to grow up and live my own life when I was very young. Now, do you have siblings, Mindy? I do. I have a sister. Uh-huh. And is she older or younger? She is older. She's um, not quite two years older than me. Mm-hmm. So I like to remind her as often as I as I can. <laughs> my older sister. So uh, you mentioned dad from uh, Wisconsin. So is that where you uh, were born in the Midwest? I was. I was born in Milwaukee and um, I have absolutely no blood left in me that can handle the cold weather. We left there when I was about two and my dad actually worked with a hospital corporation. He, uh, he ran hospitals. And so we were moved from hospital to hospital about every two or three years. And so we moved around a lot growing up. We lived two different places in Wisconsin. We lived in Texas, a couple of different places. We lived a couple of different places in Florida and finally landed here in Austin um, where I absolutely love the warm weather and, mm-hmm. and lack of snow. Mm-hmm. Now, as a child, and you're just speaking about dad's, it's almost like a military tour. Yeah. You know? and really, I mean, you moved quite often. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so here you're a child in a, wheel- a wheelchair with disabilities. How did that affect you um, then starting school? And during that, you know, that beginning period. Right. Yeah, it was um, it was hard and it pretty much fell to my mom to to handle this chapter of the story. I was I'm going to go ahead and date myself here, but I was um, it was 1978 or nine. Is that right? About 1978 when I started kindergarten mm-hmm. and um you know, my, my brain worked just fine. The only issue was that I sat down all day and my mom didn't see any reason. My mom was, I should mention, she was an educator. She, before she had kids, she was an elementary school teacher. And so, you know, she 
really valued education and all of and had you know a, a unique perspective on it and didn't see any reason why I needed to go to special schools or be in special classes or anything like that and and she had to fight for me to be able to go to kindergarten with other other children who did not have disabilities um so you know both of my parents are really kind of heroes to me and and to your point having to move around a lot um i get that question um fairly often you know it's it how how it must have added an additional layer of you know sort of logistical challenges because of my disability and again that fell to my parents i you know followed them wherever they took us but you know it was up to them they had to look for houses that were accessible to wheelchairs and um and you know just consider all of the different factors every play the doctors and you know the schools and what how re receptive the schools were going to be to my situation and you know just a lot of things that they had to work through everywhere we went you know uh, you sh have shared you know that your folks are your uh mentors and heroes mm -hmm. in this uh and you know in in talking to many people in doing unique leaders it's so interesting to me and that's why i go back to the beginning and it's not just interesting to me it's interesting it, interesting to our guests and viewers but it, it so much of the thread of us is that the beginning positively mm -hmm. or negatively yeah. and um and so like you said that uh, role model of that never giving in never giving up looking inside outside around the box you know, is uh, such a testimony to your your folks. So, yeah. uh, you know, kudos to them, really. It really is. And I, I think that, you know, in addition to that, they raised me um, to to understand gratitude. And, you know, there were any number of days when I could come home crying about one injustice in the world or another, people making fun of me or not being able to keep up with kids or, you know, whatever the problem du jour was. And they were really, really good about consistently giving me the message of counting my blessings. And I really grew up knowing that even though, of course, I had my own problems, um, there were always other people out there whose problems were bigger. And so I, I really um, love, you know, and I feel incredibly grateful that I grew up in the family that I did. They didn't let me make excuses for, you know, things based on my limitations. You know, they had high expectations of me. I was expected to do well in school, to have friends, to have hobbies and interests and, you know, all of those things. And um, I wasn't allowed to, you know, make excuses for not doing something I didn't want to do based on, you know, it being hard. <laughs> It's a, it's just such a, um, just a wonderful story. I just thank you. Said I was so looking forward to this interview because of you and your true grit, but also your mm -hmm. folks, meaning what um, they really showed you. I was uh, listening to something the other day about Japan and the culture, and their culture is to be, um, come from excellence on mm -hmm. every level. And, yes. Um, it's, I could go on and on about what I read and saw, but the point is that is what your parents ascribe to. Yeah. 
Yeah, they so they really wonderful. Yes, absolutely. So now you're in Austin-ish or this area, Texas. Yes. With folks, mm -hmm. and how old were you at this point? So we moved to Austin when I was starting high school. So I was about to be a freshman in high school when we moved here, and my parents really just fell in love with with Austin. We had you know, moved a lot for my dad's job. And I think that when we landed here, um, they loved it so much and they loved the hospital that he was working with and, and all of that. And I think they made a, a pretty um, intentional decision that this was going to be their last move. So I got to go to high school here and went to college and have been here in the, the Austin area ever since. That's so then, um, you finished high school in Austin, and uh, that was a um, good experience? High school? Yes. It was. You know, um, high school was, was interesting. You know, I, I think all along the way, our life presents different challenges to us, and it's part of what helps us grow and what helps us learn and, and all of that. And, you know, I think that the hardest thing about high school is that that's when kids are really discovering their independence and they're, you know, getting their driver's licenses and, um, and spending more time out of the house and out with peers and things. And um, I couldn't, drive a car and I couldn't get into my friends' cars and they, they weren't allowed to drive my parents' car um, that was accessible to me. And so because they were 16, um, not because my parents were unreasonable, but, um, you know, and so high school, there were a lot of times in high school that were lonely um, in it, just, just during the, the school day, um, you know, there came a time when my friends started leaving campus for lunch and I would kind of hide in the choir room um, at my high school. And I was, I was real active in the, the choir. And so it was kind of a second home away from home for me. And um, I would, I would go and eat my lunch in there every day so that people wouldn't see me eating lunch alone. And um, you know, kids would go out on Friday and Saturday nights and that required transportation. And you don't want your parents dropping, you off at a party when you're 16 or 17 years old. So I spent a lot of time at home on Friday and Saturday nights, um, you know, and it, it was, it was hard, but I also think that, you know, there's always a bright side. I think that it taught me to be comfortable with myself. It taught me to be comfortable alone, which I think a lot of people don't necessarily learn. Um, and, you know, just uh, it was a lot of time to sort of be reflective. And I think that um, when you have something like a disability and you have it, it leaves almost like a hole or a gap in your life where things belong that most people can do. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, and, yes. and so I think that it, it made me reflective and it, it made me become a dreamer largely because you know I 
I was missing something, you know, and I knew that there were things out there for me, um, but it took a minute to figure out what they were and what it looked like and how I was going to achieve it. Um, you know, all through my life, things have been a little bit more challenging to architect. And I use that word very intentionally because, you know, my, my life requires a lot of intention, a lot of thought and a lot of architecture um, to live the kind of life that I wanted to live which was very normal, very independent. Um, it's it's kind of ironic. And this is where I kind of say that I think God really has a sense of humor because um, I, you know, I have this physical disability that makes me dependent on people for certain kinds of care and things, but I am fiercely independent by nature. And so it's, it's kind of ironic. But um, you know, I, I think that having this disability, that's another one of the beautiful things that came about as a result was just my inclination to dream and to want these big lofty things. And then I was stubborn enough <laughs> to go after them and to figure out how to get them. You know, that, that is why I asked you about high school, because we've all had the high school experience. And I don't mm -hmm. mean being social and out for, I went to an all girls Catholic school. So mm -hmm. let me make this clear. We did not leave for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that I knew that there had to be pieces of that, that mm -hmm. were challenging, but also what you said, well, as you were sharing about the, the dreamer and learning about your own independence, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking mm -hmm. about being a pioneer. And I was thinking about how how people were so isolated. Yeah. But yet they had the classics. They read, they, you know, they explored. And that's where so much of what we know today came from, from that being quiet. Yes. Within. Oh, that's so I never thought about it that way, but I love that. I was thinking about actually Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. And the girls. That's actually what I was thinking about when you were speaking. And uh -huh. they didn't have anything, you know? No. But they, they dreamt and they read and they explored. Mm -hmm. and They know, created their, their fun and their entertainment. And yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And so with that said, on some level, COVID-19 is creating some of that where you have to go within yeah, and create. I don't want to go to COVID-19, but I just was thinking about that as well of um, this period of time mm -hmm. and how people have to rely on themselves and go within. It's and true. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of what I've heard from people over the course of this this year is, you know, and there's there's been a lot of hardships and there have been a lot of um, a lot of things that have been really hard. But I've heard so many stories of people who have evolved their businesses or um you know, reconnected with their families and um, opened up the lines of communication again. People who've gone on health journeys and taken the time to to get their bodies healthy and and things. And I think that that's one of the really good things that's that's come of this kind of isolation that you're talking about is the ability to kind of re-examine things, reflect on things. Um, and you know, re revisit some dreams and some values and some priorities, um, and and maybe take action on on those things. 
operative word action so yes action so you um went to college in this area i did i went to texas state for my undergrad and then i worked for a couple of years and um and continued working but i went to school nights to get my master's degree at st ed's st edwards so rock star thank you and so uh, you did that and so you said i worked in between so what was the field that you went into I I was I have a 20 year um, history or career in high tech. So um, I started working for advanced micro devices right out of college um, in their corporate communications division as a literature fulfillment specialist um, entry level position and worked my way up from there actually to become a data analyst. Um, a lot of great people that were willing to teach me things and um, mentor me a little bit. And um, and so I moved into that area and then I moved from there into the software side of high tech where I kind of stayed for the rest of my career. I worked for Bank of America in one of their high tech software departments. Um, and then I worked for um, another software company more recently and um, did a lot of things like software implementations and professional services and um, worked my way up into management and led a few different teams over the course of time um, and just, you know, had a lot of really wonderful people along the way who believed in me and gave me some great opportunities and just the breadth of the experience that I got over the course of my career um, has been really fun and challenging and exciting. And I use all of that today now in my, my career as an entrepreneur, which I never thought I would be. And if you had told me I would be doing two years ago, I would have laughed for three days. So with, so the transition from the corporate world and, uh, in what you were doing and very fulfilling. And uh, like you said, enjoying the uh, environment, the mm -hmm. challenges, as well as your colleagues, what motivated you to make that transition? So um, I, the company that I was working for actually was acquired by another company. And as tends to happen, um, the company was taking a look at, you know, they did a lot of reorganization. They actually made the decision to open a brand new office in Vilnius, Lithuania. And that was more of a move than my husband and I were, were interested <laughs> in making at the time. So um, we opted to, to part ways. And um, I had been with that company for almost seven years at that point. And, um, they weren't doing a lot of alternate hiring, of course. And so, um, you know, I it was in, an interesting journey because, um, you know, I I I was almost excited, you know, when I found out that this was was happening and it was it was exciting to me to think about, OK, what's next, you know, and where am I going to land and what am I going to get to do next and all of that? I had this 20 year career and, you know, the software company in Austin or software industry in Austin is very tight knit. And I knew people at all of the companies in town and I really wasn't worried about finding work. I thought that I would be, you know, two, three months and on to the next thing. Well, 10 months later, you know, I was, I was still looking for the right next 
thing. And I was casting a really wide net. I was interviewing like crazy. And I remember the actual, not just the day, but I remember the moment when I decided to make this, this move. And I had gotten some disappointing news from a company that I'd gone through like four rounds of interviews with, loved everything about this company, the role, the people. Um, and I, I really, really thought I was going to get it. And I got the phone call that the job had gone to somebody else. And I was um, sitting in my bathroom that night. I had just washed my hair and I was looking in the mirror and I... I'm, you know, I'm a fairly naturally positive, upbeat person usually, but my mind was starting to go to some really dark places. And I started, you've got these thought loops going through your head all the time. And I started to listen to those thoughts. And I realized in that moment that I had two choices. And I could either become the worst version of myself and be angry and frustrated and, um, you know, point the finger at everybody I could think of. Or I was already kind of starting to use some of my time to dip my toe in the pond of motivational speaking. So my other choice I knew was to take my own advice and I decided to write a book. <laughs> In that moment, um, I decided to write a book about overcoming adversity while I was in the middle of this big fat pile of adversity mm -hmm. and um, decided that, that was just a really good idea. And I've since then written um, a complete nonfiction book proposal for this book. I've gotten a literary agent and we're shopping it out to publishers right now. So um, it's turned out to be um, just kind of a crazy, exciting time in my life full of opportunities to do things that I'm so passionate about and feel so lucky now to get to wake up every day and do. Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, here you were at that pivotal moment in your bathroom. And, <laughs> and, and so it's about mindset is a choice. Yes. And so I want you to speak a teeny bit about you have all through this but specifically because we're now going evolve into your work. Yeah. But uh, you're working with people and people are their own worst enemies. It's true. Yeah. We're it's so a choice. it's a choice. It is a choice. And we're so hard on ourselves, mm -hmm. which is problem. Number one, I think, you know, if you think about the things that you tell yourself every day, all day long, um, most of those things you would never say to another living being, you know, and so why should you be any different? But, you know, I, I, I may, you know, it, it, when I talk about it today, it probably sounds really, really easy. And like, it was this thing that just came naturally to me, but this is, you know, there's 40 years of intention and of um, habit building and, um, and things behind all of this. And so, you know, this choice that I made a couple of years ago um, in the midst of this, this career thing, um, you know, it, I was, I was lucky in that moment to have had 40 years of training for that moment. You know what I mean? That's the point of unique leaders. Yeah. Right there. 
that it didn't just happen. It no. is in this 40 year journey mm -hmm. to this point. And this is what I want people to resonate with and hear mm -hmm. that you have more physical challenges than most. Yeah. But we don't have to repeat the story about your parents and on and on. The point is you have built that muscle. Absolutely. Of, of gratitude. As yeah. you said earlier. Yeah. And, and that your mindset, you have built that. It Absolutely. Happen. Yeah. And, you know, I was um, a, a friend of, of yours, a mutual friend, Sherry Matthews. Mm -hmm. um, I was interviewing her for my podcast not too long ago, and she made an observation as we were kind of getting to know each other that really kind of turned my head. And I've used this so much in um, you know, the, the writing that I do and talking to people and everything, but, you know, she, she made the observation that, you know, your mindset can be far more disabling mm -hmm. than what any wheelchair might represent. Anything. Anything. Yeah. It is and that mindset. It, it is. is. It yeah. is. And, you know, there are people out there who are naturally positive and, you know, wherever it comes from, that's great. But I think for most of us, we have to put some work into it, you know, and, and you, you talk about it being a choice and it absolutely is one more quick story. I was, um, just a couple of years ago, I was, um, well, maybe more than that, maybe 10 years ago. Um, I was talking to my mom, I was going through a particularly hard stretch in my life. And I think I was, I'd had a really bad car accident and, um, was recovering from injuries and all sorts of stuff. Um, and I was, I was doing a lot of complaining in that period of my life. And I was talking to my mom about it and something came out of my mouth that was just, you know, I, I heard it back and I said to my mom, you know what, I need to get some new thoughts. And that was kind of a turning point for me because, um, you know, again, you know, I haven't gone through life being this pessimistic, negative person, but there are, you know, I've had my moments. Yeah. And, you know, that I think was a moment when I really decided to get extra intentional about um, what my thoughts are. And, you know, I started to, to make more of a habit of listening to what I'm thinking. And if I catch myself having a negative thought, replacing it with a more positive one. And, you know, I think our voices and our words have so much power. And so I think that it makes more of a difference than you might think what comes out of your mouth and what you actually speak into the world. And so I've, I've learned to stifle those thoughts and I try to only speak, you know, as much um, positive things as, as I can. And I started doing gratitude practices and things. And um, there's a great guy, his name's Sean Aker. If you follow him, he's a happiness researcher mm -hmm. and he has the science to show that doing things like gratitude practices for 30 days can really rewire your thinking and your response to things when, when they go wrong. So um, I place huge, huge value on those sorts of practices. And I talk about it all the time. Yeah. I don't know if you're um, aware, but um, Napoleon Hill's son, mm -hmm. I think Blaine or Blair was born without ears. 
Really? I didn't know that. And he, um, but in the 12 um, uh, points that, this is Napoleon Hill, connoting true wealth, number mm -hmm. one is a positive mental attitude. Mm -hmm. And as he shares um, about his son's, uh, his birth and then uh, not having, born without ears is what mm -hmm. And the doctors actually said to he, probably his wife as well, Napoleon, you can think it and want it, but nothing is going to change this. Yeah. That doctor, I'm sorry to disagree with you. And he spoke about with prayer and faith, um, you know, and that positive mental attitude and mm -hmm. working with his son. Uh, by the time he got to some point in school, hearing aids had come to be. Uh-huh. And he had 60 some odd percent of hearing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, but what the real point of the point is also that he shared, he has two other sons and that he um, did not allow them or other people like in school, like you talked about, to treat, uh, to treat him like he had a disability. Yeah. And that he not only um, ended up being able to hear for most part, mm -hmm. but also his, he never took on that mantle that he, there was something different. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. And what you made, what you brought to mind for me talking about the, the hearing aids coming along is, you know, I, I want to underscore again, the concept of, of hope and, you know, my personal definition of hope is just the belief that things can be different, that they can change, that they can get better. And, um, you know, lived 44 years of my life with a condition that was progressive. It was getting worse all the time. And there was absolutely nothing that anybody could do about it. You know, I could take care of myself. I could do physical therapy and the, the things that my parents taught me to do and that, you know, top doctors and people along the way have advised me to do. But there was nothing that anyone could do to fix this or to stop it. And, um, I think now it's three years ago this Christmas, the very first treatment of its kind for this condition was approved by the FDA. Wow. So I've been getting this treatment now for about two years and it has in fact stopped the progression of it and I've gotten a little bit of function back. So, you know, if anyone is out there listening who, you know, has um, a, a challenge, particularly a health challenge that you think no one is ever going to be able to do anything about, have hope <laughs> because miracles happen all the time. That is the foundation of my life mm. hope and infinite possibilities. Yes. Always hope. And that's faith. And you said belief, you know, mm -hmm. knowing that there is something that absolutely. Yeah. So now you took that step, you wrote your book publish that book and then it is evolving on. Uh, so you are now coaching and uh, consulting and of course speaking mm -hmm. and podcast. So share with our guests a little bit about that. But one of the interesting things to me, because you just mentioned the word health, um, how did the health coaching come to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, I, it's, it's kind of a funny bit of irony. <laughs> that um that I became a health coach and and that that is that irony is not lost on me um in fact I kind of love it and I love having as a 
physically challenged person, I think that it gives me some extra tools and some different perspective to be able to coach people, you know, and, and I've coached able-bodied people and I've coached disabled people. And, you know, I, I think that my perspective on the value of our health and taking care of our bodies when they're, when they're working properly for us as someone whose body doesn't always work properly. Um, you know, I, I think that it makes me particularly effective in certain areas. Um, so early, my, um, my journey through this year, um, in part, has been a health journey for myself. And, you know, being someone who exercises a challenge for and all of that, weight's always been a struggle for me. And so, um, you know, I've lived my whole life going up and down and up and down and trying diets and all sorts of unhealthy things that I would never recommend people do to try to lose weight. And I finally found a program and got my own health coach this year. And since then, I've lost about 32 inches. I can't step on a scale, but I can tell you that I've lost about 32 inches. And I believe in, you know, I'd really kind of yeah, and, and and this is a bit contradictory to some of the things that I've said, but it was it was a piece of me that I'd kind of lost hope in a little bit because I'd tried so many things that I was starting to think, you know, that this was just kind of the 40-something me, you know, that I needed to to get used to. And then, you know, I tried this one last thing. I got a coach, which was something that I'd never tried before. And I saw the I, I saw it work and um, and I believe in it so much that um, I became a coach and I had I had already been doing some coaching. So I'm a, a health and accountability coach. And so I'd already been doing some coaching on the accountability side, kind of helping people project manage their goals and things. But, um, you know, I, I fell in love so much with my own health and the concept that regardless of what your health situation is, we all have an optimal level of health that we can achieve. You know, it's not going to be the same for all of us. It's going to look different, but you know, there are things that all of us can do to take care of ourselves and, and go the extra mile. And so that's what really led me to, to coaching. And so I, I, you know, I, I like to tell people I kind of help them project manage all of their goals and then the motivational speaker in me cheers them on. It's just wonderful. Just wonderful. Thank you. Just wonderful. And, you know, um, like you just said, you know, uh, that up and down, up and down and just accepting, um, you know, and but what's wonderful about what just you, what transpired and what you shared mm -hmm. is that again it's back to that mindset and uh, but re getting outside of yourself and saying let me try having a coach yeah we can't do it all ourselves folks we cannot mm -hmm. and uh, you know um, i often say this mindy that you know i've been in business for you know on my as an entrepreneur for 30 years and mm -hmm. um the mistakes i've made and I'm not saying there were few, there were many, but they could have been really not been had yeah. I had a mastermind and a coach. Absolutely. Uh, you make those mistakes by yourself. And that's why earlier when you were speaking about, you know, being alone, mm -hmm. that aloneness is a challenge. It is. It is. And yeah. so it's a wonderful, you know, one of the other um, 
I don't know if it's a benefit. I, I'm not going to put it out there as that. But I was speaking to this uh, gentleman today who has an amazing, he's a speaker and a coach and, you know, he has um, a lot of programs. But again, they're all not happening because, well, not all, but his event type of things mm-hmm. are not happening. Yeah. And he was talking about how they've had to really alter everything. He's in California and that they're in mm-hmm. even a stickier situation there. Yeah. So, um, so we talked about how it is about taking this time. He said, I never thought I would do um, trainings and courses on a Zoom call. Right. He said, I used to take people, you know, fly fishing and uh-huh. and here we're in a Zoom call. Right. But it's about taking this, this what is, what is, you mm-hmm. know, so you needed to take care of your health. Yes. Yeah. And so you found a way to alter that, to, to rate, you know, grab hold of that. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the, the word that comes to mind hearing what you just said is acceptance. You know, I think that, um, we need to, I think sometimes we fight and we fight and we fight so hard against something that just is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and either it, it just is, and we need to move on to the next Thing, or we need to embrace whatever it is that we're faced with, or we need to try something else. You know, we need to be creative. We need to be open to, you know, because my, my situation was the same as a, as a speaker um, in the first, you know, three months of the whole COVID situation, all of the speaking opportunities dried up. And so I had to, I started, I started the year as a speaker and a writer, and I'm finishing the year as a speaker, a writer, a coach, a podcast host, and I have a guest segment on a television show here in Austin. And so, you know, it's really opened me up to some new opportunities to do things that I never thought that I would do. My favorite word is evolve. Be, you know, yes. it's it really one thing leads to the next, but you have to be open mm-hmm. and you have to um, allow, right? Know, with intention, as you yes. times, um, and evolution, things coming to you. It's yes, just an, it's yeah. very important. It is, and you know, and fear is a component too that I talk a lot about, and. Um, I think, you know, what I what I want to point out here with respect to what we're talking about is that there's nothing wrong with fear. You know, fear is 100 percent okay. Um, But I like to talk about, you know, kind of the the difference between fear and courage, you know, and totally fine to be to have fear about something. But then in the in the doing it anyway and you know doing things scared is where courage comes into play and so i love to point that out to people and who doesn't want to be labeled as a brave person right and so um you know people talk all the time about being afraid to do this or that which is completely fine and understandable but think about doing it anyway and move your focus from the fear to the courage you know how important, so t- keeping that point of courage um, in mind, not the fear, essentially, but the courage mm-hmm. part, 
uh, what would you say, because you are very courageous, <laughs> and what would you say are the key um, tools that you have built to build that courage and to, I'm going to use, I'm going to say dissolve fear, you know, because it's always there because that's mm -hmm. also again, that decision of mindset. But what, what tools have you done? Because you have had many challenges. So practical things for our guests uh, that have built your courage in yeah. the, all of these different points that you, um, evolutions of your life that you've shared today. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is most, <laughs> most things you're going to survive. And so one of the things that I've learned is that um, most of the time um, things are going to be okay. They just are, you know, we're, we're going to survive. We're going to, um, still be here tomorrow and having tried this thing, you know, even if we fail, it's not going to kill us. And sorry about my dog. Um, and so I think that that's, that's kind of the first thing is just knowing that you're, you're going to be okay. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that happen in life. There are a lot of things that happen to us in life. And, um, and so I think that's, that's kind of thing number one that I've just learned the hard way, you know, from being in situations over and over and over again, where I have to kind of face fear and maybe not have a choice mm -hmm. about that. Um, and seeing that it's going to turn out okay. You know, it may not turn out the way that I want it to, but it's going to be okay. You know, and maybe it'll be better. I was just going. I was just going to say, but mm -hmm. times it's better because God has a plan. He Absolutely, furniture, and we have to get out of our own way, so to mm -hmm. speak, to allow yeah. that to happen. But yeah. when you said that, Mindy, I was off screen, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, how true!" Meaning yeah. that's probably one of the greatest. I'm going to use that word. Um, benefit of getting older, because. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I'm yes. like, oh, we're so smart. <laughs> we see that we live through yes. experiences. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, there are a lot of stupid things that people can do that are dangerous that I would never advocate for. But, you know, most of the, the things that we come up against in daily life are things that, that we're going to survive. And I think that it's about, you know, you asked about tools or, or kind of what I, what's been built up in me. And I think it just comes down to resilience. And I think that the more you hear our message and, you know, take it to heart and believe the fact that you're going to be okay and let yourself kind of embrace these situations and live them and let them play out over time, you're going to see that you're going to be okay too. You know, unfortunately, like you say, I think a lot of it just comes with experience and living through all of these things over and over and over and over again. Um, but believe me when I say you're going to be okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. And that word resilience is such a powerful word. Mm -hmm. It really is because to be resilient through, and, and that is, I truly believe that's a word that is very um, integral to my work. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, a word, I mean, a, a um, understanding and a muscle that truly has to be understood and then built 
it does yes it does like you said you're going to live through this and yeah. uh, but you do have to use you have to navigate through the situation right what builds the resiliency you absolutely yeah there's there's no way to fake that one that one you you really just kind of have to live it and let it be like you said a muscle that that gets built up in you and it will you know it it will and and each time you're going to know a little bit more and you're going to have more tools in your toolkit so to speak and it's going to become you know i don't know if i want to say easier and easier sometimes but you know i i do think that um you'll be more prepared every time that you face a challenge and you identify it you can identify it mm -hmm. easier and quicker yes and not get pulled into it as right absolutely is what happens as well right well mendy i close this always with the same question mm. the unique leader's life and it's uh, really um, is a, a part of a book, which I don't know if you've ever read Sharon Lecter and Greg Reed's book, Three Feet from Gold. Mm. But it is a great book and on so many levels, great story. It's fiction basically, but somewhat autobiographical with Greg in the latter part of the book and his life. But the, it begins with a gentleman from the East Coast during the gold rush. And he had gold rush fever and he went west and bought a vein and chiseled away at it or a piece of a mountain. I'm not a miner, so, you know, the technicalities, but chiseled away at it and would go into town and was very frustrated because nothing was happening. It was just a lot of rubble and rocks. And so he chipped and chipped and chipped. And finally, he said, I'm done. And the town folk were watching him and um, he ended up selling his mine or his little vein there or potential vein to a townie and that man then and he went back to the east coast and that man took his you know hammer out and chiseled away and in three feet hit gold yes okay uh-huh now in the book sharon as it goes on uh shares with us her success formula which is passion plus talent times act uh, association times action plus faith mm. equals success mm -hmm. i can ask you all of you know your points uh, your feelings and points and ideas on all of that but i ask everyone what is your talent what is your passion and what is your talent i think my passion is you know i i truly want to see everyone succeed and believe in themselves and know what they're capable of. You know, we've all got limitations on us that look different. Mine are physical. Some have financial limitations. Some have, you know, who knows, you know, what your, your limitations might be, but we've all got them. And I want people to, to know so desperately from the bottom of my heart that, you know, there's, there is a way, you know, you may be in the most desperate place in your life right now, but if you take one step, ask one question at a time and get the answer and then ask the next question before you know it, you're on, to way, on your way to something really great. So I think that's what I'm really passionate about. Um, your other question was, what am I good at? What's my talent? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. 
I think, I think, ooh, I don't know. I think my talent is um, my, my ability to, I think, connect with people um, in a way, you know, I, I, I think because I've lived through so much, um, I, I really understand other people. And so in doing the work that I do, you know, there's nothing that you can say to me really that, I mean, you might surprise me, you might, but there's not much that people can say to me that I'm going to judge them for, or, um, you know, anything like that, because we've all got our stories. We've all got our experiences and our, our hard things in life. And I, I think that I've got a heart for understanding and, and really connecting with, with other people. And I think that that helps me to be able to, you know, kind of help people see what their next step is and, and help them with their trajectory a little bit. Good stuff, Mindy. (laughs) Thank you. And, you know, I, I was sitting here listening to you and I ask everyone that question. And it's everyone says it differently, but most people that I um, share this hour with on some level, that is their passion is to help others. Yeah. Yes. I I mean, it's said differently, but it's the thread. It's just lovely. Which is so, um, I don't know. It's so encouraging, you know, that that's the common denominator between all of the people that you talk to is that, you know, so many people are really, you know, I I do really think that we're all in this thing together. And I think that people are basically good and want to help each other. And, um, you know, if there's anything that somebody can do for someone, um, I think that most people want to do that thing. So that actually makes my heart really, really happy to hear you say that that's a, a common answer. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, you know, and another interesting thing to me is when you um, said, hmm, about your talent, that's also a very common yes. response. People, what is my talent? You know, and um, and it's, it's that piece, that talent piece, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to me because people, you know, share different things, but they all generally say, hmm, what is my talent? Yeah, think for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, well, Mindy, thank you so much for being with us today oh, on Unique. My pleasure. And it is all about you. And I know that um, as this goes out into our uh, podcast on iTunes and on uh, social media and be repeated, people will listen to this, Mindy, and be so encouraged, Mm. but also blessed with your story. And it is just a true honor to have you with me today, Mindy, honestly. That's so nice. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me to talk to. I always love talking to you. So I I appreciate you having me. And, you know, I hope that that something that I said will will help somebody that that stumbles across our video today. Absolutely. And your information will be in the text of this. Mm -hmm. And so if you'd like to connect with Miss Mindy, please give her, you know, an email or so forth as we, you know, put everything out there for you. So hang on in the green room for a minute. Okay. And I'll be okay. right back. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. 
Wow, wow, wow. What a wonderful, unique leaders live today. I so enjoyed being with Mindy. I knew a little bit about her life, but you know, it's always that richness that's in the story that leads us to understand that it, it can be for you, whatever your heart's desire, that vision, that belief that, and just take action, as Mindy said. So do share this out, please. I so would appreciate it. So would Mindy and your whomevers in your social media would as well. I know it will touch others. And if you have specific people that you have in mind, tag them, get this out to them because this story is truly unique. And she is truly a leader, uh, Mindy, in not only her field uh, that she worked in for many, many years, but what she's uh, doing today. So uh, she will be able to help others in so many ways. So please do share this out. And most people come in on my personal page, Megan DiMartino. But if you um, did, I'd really invite you to go over to our business page, the official Megan DiMartino, because we're building that business page as well. So with that said, share this, tag friends, go to iTunes, um, our other um, podcast, uh, excuse me, our other unique leaders and totally, and the uh, Teach, Motivate and Inspire are beginning to be populated on iTunes and then soon will be on all of the other platforms. So that's all coming. It's evolving. So we will see you on Monday for Teach, Motivate and Inspire. Have a beautiful weekend and we'll see you next Friday for Unique Leaders Live. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandimartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, Hope and Possibilities Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.